So here's what happened as a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of So Here's What Happened. I'm Nisha. I'm Carolyn. And we are here again. I mean, we just got done talking about how this has been the longest year, but it has been the longest year. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't couldn't help it. But you know what? It's okay. It's almost over. Almost. It's December already and I can't believe it. I know. I mean, but look at us. We have put out a bunch of episodes. I know. I'm so proud of us. I, I almost feel like we should have our anniversary soon, but that's not until next year because we do monthly episodes. But still, I'm going to be I'm excited that we're getting close to like our one year anniversary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, we getting there, y'all. We putting out content and all that. Um, so, yeah, let's kick things off right off the bat. So, Carolyn. Oh, yeah, you said you didn't have a book this month, right? I did not read any books this month. I was not in the mood. My brain wasn't there. I, yeah, I, no, it's I just, all good. I did we not. We all have the moments. We all have the moments. <laughs> oh, that's, that's Twitter Thrive's coat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. Um, okay, then, in that case, we're shaking things up. I'll go first with my book. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I have with me. Modern History, Stories of Women and Non-Binary People, Rewriting History, and that is by Blair Imani. If most of you guys, which I assume you are from Twitter, you may be familiar with Blair Imani. She's on Twitter all the time. She has a bunch of great work. So I bought the book, and I gotta say, it's really nice to just like sometimes open up a page randomly and read it. So the summary of it is, an aspiring and radical celebration of 70 women, girls, and gender non-binary people who have changed and are still changing the world from the civil rights movement and Stonewall riots through Black Lives Matter and beyond. Um, Yeah, and with radical and inclusive approach to history, modern history profiles and celebrates 70 women and non-binary champions and with a progressive social change in a bold and colorful illustrated format for all ages. So yeah, basically this makes me think, this book makes me wish I had this in high school. It is just, from the number of people it covers, like it covers like from pop culture to the revolution, to revolutionary like people like, you know, and what's the word I'm looking for? Why am I blanking? Dang. Okay, forget it. <laughs> it happens to me. I'm struggling. But no, I'm saying, there's so many like people on your activism. There it is, activism. There's people like activists. You have Little Miss Flint is in the book. Like you got Michelle Obama, of course, Oprah. There's just there's so many people you can just like. Missy Elliott is in the book, and I love Missy Elliott. And it's just it, it gives these women credit and like the platform to talk about like who they are. Sabrina Williams. Y'all know how much I love Serena Williams. It just, it gives them so much more than, like, what a lot of people, like, may know of them as a celebrity or, you know, like, uh, from what they see on the internet. Like, these people have done a lot more. Like, we talk about how Ava DuVernay and Issa Rae are, like, these, like, you know, these names in the industries of film right now and, like, TV. But then we also talk about, like, get into, like, how, like, what motivates them to, like, do what they do and, like, how they write and, like, how they got into their industries. And I think this is just a very powerful book for not just, like, little black girls, but, like, like the book says it's, like, for non-binary people as well, for boys. Anyone can read this book. And I think it's something that 
it should be appreciated. And I almost wish that they, I would hope this belongs in like a school's library. Like it's just so representative of so many people who've done great things. Um, and it's reflective of like what's happening now in our world, which I don't think I've, I think, I think that's what makes this book so special is that it's so reflective of what's happening now, like from Flint, Michigan water crisis, from the Dakota access pipeline, from, um, what was the most recent, like the healthcare crisis, like all these things are covered in here. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I could say growing up, where else would I be able to find a book like this? that would be so eye-opening and educational to like somebody to a young person and I mean like also anyone can read this and learn from it but I think it's like very impactful for that something like this exists now because it's well, gonna help uh, yeah it's, it's important and it's important to have a book like that now especially because while there were a lot a lot of the issues that we still have that we have now were still like rampant from when we were young the thing is now is mm-hmm. that people are being more vocal and because when you have things like social media mm-hmm. it allows it allows people to voice to not only voice their opinions but to learn more and when mm-hmm. you have a book like that which when you when you think about it is I, i'm sure um is partly responsible because of social media because a lot of the people that that are in the that are in the book like we like the general public knows about them because of social media right we know about what happened in standing rock because of social media because if it wasn't for things like twitter and instagram or whatnot a lot of what mm-hmm. happened at standing rock would have been swept under the rug because like let's face it mainstream media like msnbc and cnn they only covered it from like a pers- uh, certain perspective right and like a lot mm-hmm. of what we know happened because people were underground and they were there they were tweeting out and like taking videos and we know and you have um like you mentioned Issa Rae and Ava DuVernay um like they're active on social media right and they are active on Twitter so like we're able to like know more about what they want and their things from their perspective and when you have a book that compiles all of that all of those people into one into one area is it's like it's i i would almost say it's like an encyclopedia right of of like Mm -hmm. it's an encyclopedia of not only knowledge but of different women and from different backgrounds and 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 of different um and of different what's the word i'm looking for i'm just gonna say gender but but women from different backgrounds right and it's important that Mm -hmm. you have something like that now because the way the world is going like we have to we have to document what we have to document, right? We have to we have to archive and we have to keep track mm-hmm. of things that are going on. So we have a book like that's important that we that we know there's a resource that young girls can go to and say, okay, so my mom mentioned Ava DuVernay, my mom mentioned Issa Rae, my mom mentioned Michelle Obama, those kind of women. And and even women that aren't yeah. well known, particularly but are known to like people in, that who do activism in, in certain areas, like you can go and look at the book and you can say, okay, if I want to know about someone who, who who's an act, uh, activist in feminism and or who's an activist in disability rights, you can go mm-hmm. look at that book and you yes. can go open it and you can find someone who represent who 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 speaks out about it and like they can they you know it's a resource right so that's the way I'm looking at it I'm like I haven't read the book yet but it's it's important that we do have something like that. Oh, for sure. And I mean, the two, one of the things I also want to mention is just like, there's even, like, when I say like how, first off, to what you said, I think that's exactly what it is. It's like an encyclopedia of like all these people who have like com- contributed something to social change, mm-hmm. whether it's like actually that something like some content or if it's just like being a voice 
or people who started a movement or like just people who like use their platforms to invoke change like these like these are like the people I think of and I love how like inclusive it is it's like it's like I said it's not just black women there's people who are non-binary there are people who are trans there are people who I mean people who identify as trans and then there's um you have people who are Native American people who are of Asian descent like it just it covers so many people and I think that's just so unique to find a collection of so many people in one place that covers all of that. But then my favorite part is there's a glossary in the back. Mm-hmm. And it's like glossary of like terms, events, and phrases. So like it, she really put a lot of thought into this. Like, cause she talked, she references things in like in different places to different people. Um, so she like talk about, Let's see, like, Black Twitter is defined by Feminista Jones as a collective of active, primarily African-American Twitter users who have created a virtual community that participates in a continuous and real-time conversations. Like, there's actual definitions for things that, like, you know, me and you know is, like, what's Black Twitter? Yeah. But it's, like, for people to have an understanding of, like, what these things mean to us, and then it's, like... It really gets into it to educate people like heteronormative, the ideology that promotes heterosexuality as the normal or preferred sexual orientation above all sexual orientations. So, I mean, and it it just keeps going and then they talk about gender and I just feel like this is like an intersectionality. I'm like, if anybody is teaching like some kind of women's history or like feminist theory class, I would hope that this book is at the forefront of the syllabus. Like it, it should be added and considered into adding it to someone's like curriculum because I don't know where else you would find something like this. Right. Well, it's it. Well, it's great that Blair did that, and I'm hoping that she does something like it soon because, mm-hmm. or something like again, I should say. Um, I I keep saying I keep I sound like I'm repeating myself, but it is important that we do have something like this because information is power and being Mm -hmm. able to identify people that we can get information from is even more powerful because you have different perspectives on different on different situations right and especially Mm -hmm. now where where people are struggling to find a place that they can like when social and even if social media becomes more toxic which it probably will yeah we still have to we still have to remember that there's resources and there are people that we can turn to and like get advice from and learn from mm-hmm. and you're right and oh one more thing because you mentioned social media like there's also a section on hashtags Mm. of just like where she shouts out these hashtags that you know that like um black lives matter of course 1000 black girl books like you know that was a campaign that started by the girl marley diaz um because she realized there were not enough books about black girls and in her school library so like she started that movement so it's really documenting like it's taking social media and like the things people have done with social media like the positive change they've invoked with it to like document it almost Right. Well, yeah, because we gotta keep we gotta document our history, and this is our history. Mhm. Exactly, and I think it's just a powerful thing. I'm sorry, there's a dog outside. I don't know why someone has a dog outside in December in Illinois. There, you might be hearing but my there. sister in the background because she's watching a Raptors game. Oh, you fine. It's fine. The dog, <laughs> the dog is way more. I feel noticeable. Um. Oh my God! Why are people yelling? Why? Oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna have to pause. You just stay on. Apologies. 
Um, but yeah, that's so that's my recommendation. And with it being the holiday season, if anybody is looking for a book to get somebody, um, I definitely recommend it. It's a great read. It's not, I mean, it looks like it's super heavy, but it's really not heavy at all because it's just like each page covers a person. And like I said, it would be great. It would be a great gift idea if you want to gift it to like, you know, maybe someone who's interested in this subject of like, you know, history, like history as, it, as it's happening right now. Or, you know, if you want to be shady to any of your racist relatives, give this to them. I feel like to your racist, sexist, um, um, how, uh, what's the other word? Misogynistic, <laughs> toxic relatives. Give them this. Maybe it'll maybe it will touch their souls. So if you want to be shady, but yeah, that's my recommendation for books. Um, <laughs> and I don't think that's I have anything else to say. Yeah, just go buy it and go support people. It's a great book, and Blair Monty is awesome. So also follow her. I'll put her information in the notes too. Um, okay, so now we move on to the TV corner. Carolyn, what you been watching? Mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay, so mm-hmm. I have been watching my favorite show recently. Um, ha- is Fox Nine One One? Unfortunately, is on hiatus. By the time this episode airs, the show will be on hiatus. But I love the show because I I love the cast. I love the story. I love the the, the plot development. I love how they're doing how they're developing the characters. And of course, Angela Bassett is queen. Hey, so but yeah, but I really love I really 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 love the show and um. It is mm-hmm. one. I think it's one of the best shows that debuted this season. So, uh, well, not debut this season because this is its second mm-hmm. season. But um, and when I say that like, came back, that like, it's one of the best shows that that is one of the best new shows that's currently on TV. And this season was re- this week. This season is really strong. Um, they're taking a lot of time to develop the characters this season, which I really really appreciate, especially um. Henrietta, our hen's character played by Aisha Hines, like they did an amazing capsule episode on her background and how she became a fireman, uh, how she became a, param- uh, a paramedic. And it's a really, it's, it's really the way how they developed it, it was really, really good. And like there's a relationship between um, two of my favorite characters um, this season is Chim, um, played by Kenneth Choi. And and Maddie, played by Jennifer Love Hewitt, and like her background is that she she's now learning to be a nine one one dispatch operator, and she was in a relationship. She was in a marriage where she was um, beaten, right? She was abused, and she got away from it. And like I love, I love their, their the development of the relationship and the fact that they started out as friends, and like there is taking time to not only develop romantically but also the friendship because he's learning how to how to interact with her mm-hmm. right he's learning things that she doesn't like and things that she likes and he's learning to and one thing i really love about this character chim is he listens to her and when she says something he's like okay what you say this is it i'm not going to try to persuade you to do something that you don't want to do like for instance in the last episode it was a christmas episode and he bought her a christmas tree he wanted to surprise her with a christmas tree you know decorate a christmas tree together and she was like and she started to freak out and i was like tweeting i was like she's gonna she looks like she's gonna have a panic attack and he paid attention to that she's like i don't want to I don't want a Christmas tree. I'm not about Christmas right now. And she didn't say why, but she didn't need to explain. All she says, I don't want a Christmas tree. I'm not 
doing the whole Christmas tree decorations, whatever. And he was like, okay, fine. And he took the house, he took the tree out of the house and just put it on this on the street. And he he was hurt, like you could tell he was hurt by it, and he was kind of sad about it. And he because he was like it was something that he wanted them to do together, but he he respected her decision and he didn't try to change her mind. And I love that about that character because there's very few male characters on TV that are not only so well written, but like the the way how he interacts with women is so is is so great because what I there's a a trope that I hate in with romance is where they're there it's like the guy is trying to persuade the woman to do what he wants where he where like in in the in regular circumstances he would have been but it's just a tree you know like maybe if you have the tree lighting up and thing like you'll you'll like but come to love it and you'll, you'll appreciate his presence but he didn't do that he didn't try to pretend he was like nope you don't want it fine i'll take it on and put it on the street mm-hmm. right Right, so and so that's what I really love about that character. And then there's also Angela Bassett's character and like her relationship, um, her 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 character Athena, and she's a cop. And and like one thing about all of the female characters in this show is that they're they're strong, what we call strong women, but they're always allowed to be vulnerable, especially with Henrietta and Athena. Like they're they're two black women, right? And they're the two main black female characters on the show. And yes, they're both strong female characters, but we've seen them be vulnerable. We've seen them need comforting and we see them ask for comfort and they receive comfort and if there's something they don't like they let people know and it's not about being and it's about they're like if i'm hurt like they, they admit it they're like you hurt me and i appreciate that where they where they're allowed to be open yeah. and vulnerable and they're allowed to like show their softer sides as well as their tougher sides and they're and you know what i mean and i really love that because we very rarely get to see that on tv with black female characters Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree, and I think that's the biggest thing I've been looking for this year, and like in just TV shows, as we started this show, is that where black female characters are allowed to be multifaceted. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think vulnerability is a huge thing, because I just, I, it's hard to think of a show where a black woman gets to be vulnerable and not seen as broken. Exactly, that's the thing, they're not broken. And even if they are broken, there's nothing wrong with that, because if you've been through a traumatic yeah. experience, it's, it's about how it's done, it's not like gratuitous, it's like where they're broken mm-hmm. for the sake of being broken for the story, and it's not like, it doesn't it doesn't feel like, right. like it serves the character, it doesn't feel authentic, right? Where it's like, yeah. we'll be real, like on Tyler Perry films, like the black women are always like being broken down, but they're always mm-hmm. being broken down because that seems to be the only way he can see black women, like that's the only way that black women can find triumph they have to start they have to be broken down completely hard to find triumph like it doesn't always have to be like that we we can find triumph in situations without being like completely broken and shattered like something could happen mm-hmm. but like you know what i mean so but like i really appreciate mm-hmm. um 911 for that and i appreciate the writers i'm not sure what the writers room looks like i should look that up but i really appreciate how mm-hmm. they're developing the characters for this season that's awesome yeah I'm gonna definitely check that out because like you said I think when you reference Tyler Perry I think we've all understand what you mean by like a Tyler Perry movie mm. where a woman is typically either she's too high strong or she's like too you know loose as or whatever like and it's always related to something that a man did to her exactly or then like or she's broken because he beats her and she doesn't know what to do and it's not to say that those stories don't really happen but it's like when you don't allow the characters to have more than that actual development I feel like you're really doing a disservice to the characters that was like my biggest problem with Acrimony that movie with Taraji I still haven't seen that (laughs) you don't have to okay you don't have to. I know. I, I, I wanted to support it because Taraji, but then it was like Tyler Perry. I, I... That's why I tried to watch it and support it. And I mean, like, he got my two ninety nine for renting it. <laughs> but 
I, I I was not going to movie theaters for that, but it's just it's upsetting because it's like I want to support this actress in this project, but he continues to show us that he can't write a story about black women. Like he loves to write like unhinged black women. Like not to say he hasn't done good work before, but I mean it's twenty eighteen. Like we don't have to watch the story about the scorned black woman. Mm-hmm who doesn't know how to move on until another man comes along or who's just scorned and bitter for the rest of her life. Exactly. I just, so yeah, I, I, I'm going to definitely check out that show with, that you suggested because that sounds good to me. I need more multifaceted characters in my life. Mm, girl, listen. <laughs> mm, <laughs> listen, yes. like, that's why I've been trying to like watch shows. If I see a show and it's like the characters are flat, and what they mentioned to me, I'm like, I'm tapping on. I'm not going to give you any more of my time. My time is too precious. I'm not going to mm-hmm. waste it on something that isn't, like, catching my interest or, or like, the people, the characters aren't interesting. And, and, to, and to be honest, like, when the cast looks a whole, like, a certain way, when it's, like, all white or, like, one token person of color, one token black person, it's like, yeah, I'm not checking you. I don't care how good you are. I'm not going to give you my time or my energy. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, don't give them your views. Like, that's, that's the lesson that I've learned is like I'm I don't have to keep supporting something if it doesn't bring any kind of entertainment exactly. into into my life and I'm like why would I give you my views I'm not gonna support this show like just no <laughs> not my time I'm not wasting that girl no we we time is too short and too precious to be doing that exactly so what show are you did you watch well um I'm pretty obsessed with uh, a million little things. Oh uh, yes, so I've been watching yes. that since it premiered. <laughs> I've been watching it since it premiered this fall, mm-hmm. and um, I finally, got, now that we're at a good point, I wanted to share it on here. So, just to give y'all the premise, uh, it's set in Boston, and like a tight group of friends are shocked into realizing that they need to start living more after a member of their friend group suddenly commits suicide. The title is a play on the saying, "Friendship isn't a big thing; it's a million little things." So. When I first saw the trailer for the show, I was kind of like, meh, I don't really care for shows that, like, kill off a character, or, like, how much can you really do uh, with this? I'm like, are are y'all just trying to, like, like, what are y'all really going to do with this? Then, like, one day I just decided to watch it, and I fell right in love. Because, one, they truly do address the issue of suicide. Right. And they don't treat it as, you know, like how some shows would be like, oh, he's going to hell because he killed himself or anything like that. Like, no, they definitely treat it as like, obviously something was going on. And like he had, so the character's name was John and he commits suicide like within the first few minutes. And like when you see him, he's, he looks like he's the character that, that has it most together. Yeah. Than, every, than out of the friend group because there's like the friends names are Eddie, Rome, and Gary and so Gary it has breast has had breast cancer and he's at a doctor's appointment when everything's going on and he's getting he's told he's still in remission but his, he's freaking out because he's like is the cancer back or not so that's his situation Eddie has issues with his marriage so he wants to leave his wife he's on the phone with the woman he's having an affair mm, with mm, mm, and girl. he's ready to leave his wife that morning hmm? girl no continue girl we'll get into it but Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Rome, um, the black male character, he was about to commit suicide. He had written out a note to his wife, and he was about to commit suicide in that moment. But what stop what stops all of them in their tracks is they all get a call, or they're all made aware of that their friend just died. And John, he literally was at work. He was smiling. He was happy. He looked like he was having a great day. 
he was going about his days if nothing was wrong and then he just walks off his balcony at, at his job and committed suicide and uh, again I don't like when things like glamorize suicide but I, I appreciate that they showed that like suicide is a disease and it can affect anyone so just from like the outside the character looks like they're perfect and they have everything together and I think that's very it's very jarring for once so I will say that if it triggers anyone I, I am warning you now if you check it out um but I think I appreciate that they really didn't try to like downplay how serious that disease can be and like how somebody can project themselves to be okay when they're not okay. Um, so yeah, the, the whole show kind of like begins from there, from them finding out that their friend just committed suicide. And they're all come to the realization that like, hey, we haven't been that close to each other. We haven't been opening up to each other. and. They, and it kind of goes from there like it's the aftermath of them trying to reconnect with one another and support one another as they all are grieving yeah. and coping with their friend's death um, and different things happen along the way Other like secrets are revealed my biggest pet peeve is like so John's assistant whatever her name is she took the note that he left for his wife and I just need to know why she took I know, it I've been because I, I've seen a few episodes of it I've seen the first I've seen the first, second episode, mm-hmm. and I didn't watch the last episode, but I watched some of the episode before the last one, so I kind of know what's going on. And like her, I never yeah. liked her from the first anyway, because I'm like, first of all, mm-hmm. like you're that's a massive invasion of privacy. Like whatever it is you're trying to yeah. hide, like it's not worth it. Because so like no, and, and see, I want to know were they having an affair? Because I'm confused. Does the thing has have that? Do we have they even like explored why he's committed? Why he committed the suicide anymore past the second episode? Because like we know it happened, but they never. It's like people. No one is actively investigating us- why he why he committed an epi- um, suicide. It's like, okay, he committed suicide. I know mm-hmm. everything they're they're facing the ripple effects personally, but like no, it's like no one is still asking a question. By the way, why did he do this? Like, like was a see, was a private investigator hired? I, like, see, and that's something that I think a lot of people want to know. It's like, why did he do it? Because there's been a bunch of few theories, and I mean, like, I, I'm fine with spoilers if you're fine with spoilers. Yeah. Um, I mean, we know what the show this is. So basically, John's wife, her name is Delilah, was having an affair but, with John's friend Eddie. I, but he's, so I hate Eddie. Uh, I, I don't hate like Eddie him either. I don't. I don't like him either. I hate him, and he was gonna leave his wife. His wife, who stuck by him, Eddie had. Oh, sorry. Eddie's problem is Eddie was a uh, alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And he, like, got his life back together, so he's been clean since his son was born. But his wife has helped him. Like, she has stood by him through all of that. But he ha- he Eddie refuses to see where, like, the break in their marriage could have been caused by him. Like, don't you think that your wife, who just had a baby, who's trying to make sure you stay sober and, you know, be supportive of you, who's taken on the entire household like doing all of this stuff don't you think that would have caused some kind of rift but he's just like when you talk about him like oh i can't stand being married to her and i'm in love with someone else i'm like i just hate eddie i just because he doesn't look see where he's responsible but this this thing is is like their relationship annoys me because like he's acting like everything's gonna be this okay you leave your wife with your child you leave your child you leave your child with your wife one and she has two children with her with her husband mm-hmm. who's your best who's supposedly your best friend and for you're, 10 years they were exactly best and then you're gonna so okay what well, you two go off and what happens to the children what's, what's like like I'm, I'm in all the episodes that i've watched i've never seen any dialogue that 
suggest that they even thought about the consequences. Like he is like he just thought, okay, we're gonna go live they together. Don't. Like did no one this there's nothing that suggests they talked about. Okay, what do we tell the kids? How are we gonna explain this to the kids? Exactly. Like nothing. And that's that's one of the things that irks me about that show is like this is shit that people will discuss. Like what I don't I like you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like and it's like it's very surface level. Their relationship is seems to me very surface. It doesn't seem very deep. Yeah. And that one is very surface level. I don't know if it's just because Eddie is such a dreamer or whatever yeah. is that he doesn't consider the major consequences of his actions until he or he's in the thick of yeah. it. Whereas Delilah, like obviously, again, you never know what's going on between people's marriages behind closed doors. But at the same time, your husband's best friend for ten years. <laughs> And how was that going to work? How was that ever going to work? Were you going to leave the kids and with your husband? And was he going to leave his child? And were y'all just going to go off and be together? Exactly. Don't you think... Like, like I don't understand... Look, I've never cheated on anybody. I'm, and I'm not married. So I don't know... I, I can't even put myself in the mindset of being married to someone and loving them or claiming to love them, but then cheating on them and then saying that I'm going to run away with someone. I mean, I it's from the sounds of it on the phone, on the phone call, she was always talking him down. Yes. He, to me, like it seems like he, 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 it was he's, he's needy. He likes, he, he attaches himself to women that help back mm-hmm. seems to help him or gives him emotion like he uses women as an emotional crutch because the other thing is is like his wife played by grace park i remember the first few though I, I the reason i started to was interested in the show in the first few few episodes is because they weren't developing her character and because she's an asian american yeah. i'm an asian american character i'm like first at first there are not yeah. that many asian american <laughs> wait let me say many there's literally two in fresh off the boat um there's the mom played by constance Wu, and then there's mm-hmm. her um give me the character's name i don't want I don't want to add thing played by Grace Park and literally in mm-hmm. on ABC they're the only two female Asian American characters and in this one it's like they when it's when the first episode aired it was like she was kind of like closed off and she was very you know mm-hmm. that stereotypical ice that ice queen persona and like she wasn't interacting mm-hmm. with any of the other female any of the other women like I remember distinctly the the first episode like at the wedding at the funeral like after the funeral, after the wake, like literally everyone is there but her. All she had to go to work. Yeah. I'm like, this is BS. I'm like, this is such a trope. This is such a stereotype yeah. for Asian women, and I hated it. And also, and I noticed it in the pro in the promotion for it because yeah, they recasted the mm-hmm. original actress with Grace Park. Fine, but I remember the promotion for it. Like, mm. I and I even took a picture and posted it on Twitter. They had all the cat, all the cast except for her, and I was like, this is such. Food. I'm like, this is such garbage. Like, she's the only Asian character. Yeah. You don't even have her on the post. Her. And the way they were writing her, it's mm-hmm. like it's like they added her as an afterthought. Like there be scenes, and it was like, okay, like did you forget that she's supposed to be a part of the cast? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. And see, that was what I was thinking too. Was just like, is she not going to be a major character? Like eventually, as the episodes go on, her and her husband get separated. Which basically they're going to get yeah. divorced. Like there's just no way. Yeah. There's no way because eventually all the friends find mm-hmm. out about the affair. And I'm just like, uh, this is, sorry, not to get off track, but this is why I love Gary. Gary does not pull punches. And Gary's played by James Rose. Yeah. Y'all might know him from Psych. Um, like, I I knew he was hilarious. I did not know this man could act his ass off. But most, most comedic actors are very good dramatic actors, all right? But yeah, but like, you're right. He's, I think he's True. doing, I think to me, from what I've seen, he's probably my favorite character don't mind he does do favorite. things he's he does glue. do things that i'd be like really my dude like you just met this True. chick you said with that brother to your no friends funeral like what 
Yeah, he has no filter, but at the same time, he like he says stuff that everybody is yeah. thinking, even the uncomfortable things. But he's also the one that he may be the one that everybody calls an asshole mm-hmm. behind the back, their back behind his back. But he is the one that everybody calls when there is an issue and something needs to be fixed. Right. Like, and he is the one that keeps people accountable because when Rome said that he had tried to commit suicide, Gary was on him saying, like, have you told your wife yet? Have you gone to therapy? Gary was there being supportive, but he's being supportive in his own way. And I'm just like, he doesn't coddle people. Same thing with Eddie. When he found out about the affair, he was pissed. And he was just like, we can't just go back to the way we were, man. Like, I know what you did. And it's like, he, and then he sees, like, Catherine, Eddie's wife, like, the character. Catherine, um, right, yes. We were talking about Catherine. He's like, he, uh, he's like, he is apologetic to Catherine because of everything that's happened. Like, him and Catherine never got along. Like, they weren't buddy, Mm. buddy. But he at least respects Catherine. It's like, are you, like, are you serious? You cheated on your wife, the wife, like, who had, who gave you, who birthed this son for you, and you put through hell hell when you went through rehab and everything. Like, Gary is that friend that everybody needs. Um, so sorry. No, 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 go ahead. But but that, to get to the point, it's like, I like so many, so much of that in the show. And I think it's because, like, I don't think I really am familiar with anything else James Rodea has done outside of Psych. Mm. And that's my fault. I just want to go and find everything he's ever done before now and watch it. But it's just, it's so good with the story. And the, but I did, oh, sorry, we were talking about Catherine. Yes, so my concern was that they were going to write her off after they got a divorce. But in the most recent episodes, they're giving Catherine more development, mm-hmm. and that's what makes me wonder, like, what is the... I need to look into the writer's room, too, because I'm like, did they realize, like, hey, we can't just make her the icy, um, her, like, wife who's, like, detached from the husband um, that drove him to cheat on her, because I'm like, that's not what happened. It's really... Because, like, you see flashbacks of them when they were, like, together, and it's like, you, you see how happy they were, and that how supportive she was of him and his music, and she just like she pushed and did so much for him that he I just he didn't see it anymore and I think that's the, like that's truly what like caused their attachment to happen like she had to be she had to do it exactly all. like it was all on exactly. her and it's like and like yeah I mean like I'm, I'm just glad it looks like she's getting more development I, I hope so more I really want it better for yeah. her and for Grace Park because I'm like Grace Park yeah. deserves so much better I'm like please give this woman a proper character give her proper development yes. like yes yes I mean like so far it looks like they're gonna explore them um, like I appreciated that when they talked about getting like after she found out about the affair and he tried to make this grand gesture in a way to like help her because he's like I realize you've done so so much for me it was time for me to do something for you so I made this happen blah 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 but then at the end of the episode she's like you have to leave <laughs> because she chose herself I like it when a woman character can choose herself Amen. because she knows she can't forgive him or maybe you know like they're just not, their relationship isn't at the point where it there she doesn't see it's mendable like obviously it was broken for some time but like him cheating was announced but, but it's not sure. that it's not necessarily it can be mendable but it's the point like a relationship mm-hmm. can only work if both parties want to be in it right and if he's all hung up mm-hmm. on on the other woman it's like he's not even concerned yeah. getting back like he's not even concerning like things from her perspective and he's like living in this fairy tale he's like oh 
you know, he's the only reason we're not together is because oh. your husband died. He's not thinking, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be in this relationship. Not the 10 years of exactly. friendship, not all the relationships that y'all would have ruined because y'all were wearing off together, but because her husband died, that's why y'all aren't together. Right. Which I can't wait for the children to find out that their mama was I cheating. I want the older daughter to fight keeps... up so bad because I... She gonna punch Eddie. And I'm waiting for it because I'm like, I, I think the mama is scared. I mean, granted, how do you tell your children that you cheated on your their dad with their Uncle Eddie? Uh, they're not really related, yeah. but still, they call yeah, him yeah. Uncle Eddie, which I'm just like, hmm. They're going to find out because those yeah. two fools. Season finale or ooh, winter finale. Maybe we can find out this week because I think another episode comes up. I just need to know. I need to see when that little, when that, because the teenage, the kids haven't been around much. The son has, but the teenage girl hasn't. I just realized that. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I just want to know. I, I want things to develop and like, I want some, like, that's why, again, why I like Gary. I feel like he is the one character in the show that has like the real reaction. But that were, like that people like the no, real no, no, you see that there's another reason that, so you're mentioning that that's another reason why I love um like name I want because the characters a lot of the situations that mm-hmm. they face and a lot of things they say are things that we would actually say because you know since you're watching a show and then people say things and you're like but is that really how someone reacts in a situation and like for now one I think it's mm-hmm. like probably one of the most realistic uh dramas that I've seen in a long time like like there's drama, of course, because like there are firemen and there are paramedics, and like dramatic ish happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Because I, like whenever I'm tweeting up, I'm like, be ready for angst and drama because that's what the show brings. But, uh, but the things that situ- personal situations they get into, the way they handle the situations are realistic, and like people let you know what's going on, and like when something goes wrong, mm-hmm. like you don't have to carry like. Like for instance, okay, so you mentioned that um that Gary he speaks his mind and like for me in nine one one I think that's Chimney. I think Chimney is like that and mm. like he he if he sees something he he go to the person he says okay you know what I think like you need to handle the situation better and he'd be like perfect honest and then there's also Bobby um he's the same way too and I, I basically all the characters are like that and I love when people the characters say things that I myself would say because I would be like you know you know this is like a crazy situation right like you know you're not handling this right and so that's what I really love but mm-hmm. so I love shows that are like that and yeah they said like a million things um, a million little things has gotten better from what you said and I probably may give another chance next season but I like if I if like thing is gonna be uh, is gonna be annoying me I'd be like you know what dude you're stretching the limitations of my of my tolerance for you Um, so I might check out I don't know we'll see (laughs) it's okay I know they got me sucked in so I get it if it's not for some people with like you know the characters like we said if if you don't feel like you're getting something out of it then don't keep watching it but you know like I feel like it's getting better and better and I haven't even told y'all about all the other oh, yeah, that's that's it does have a lot of drama thing. for sure like there's a lot of storylines mm-hmm. a lot of the other storylines you're like <laughs> Okay. Ooh, yes, you think that you think there's the fair is a major one. Just wait. Um, but one last thing I will say that I really appreciate because you talked about vulnerability in your show is that I I love that it allowed so Rome, um, black character played by Romani. What is his name? Roman, Romani mm-hmm. Malco. Um, he his character he's the one that tried to com- he almost commit suicide, but the phone call from Gary stopped him. Like he spit, he spits out the pills, and so like from after the the aftermath of that, Rome, um, 
he's hitting with he's trying to come to the realization of like why did he try why did he try to commit the suicide like because his whole thing is like i don't know why i did it i'm i should be happy i have a good job i have a great wife i have a good life i don't know why and i think that's something that you know really touching on depression and mental health and being allowed to see a black male character in a show like in a primetime show being able to express his vulnerability Mm -hmm. and talk about therapy um because his whole thing is like, oh, I don't need therapy. But then he like he eventually goes to therapy because of a friend who helped him get to therapy because he didn't trust going to just any therapist. Right. But he went to her and then she referred him to a doctor. And it's just because being able to have that connection to allow him to be vulnerable enough with her was able to get him to get the help exactly. he needed. Um, and I think just like, again, I just we don't get to see that enough of where black men are like act like talking about their mental health and then there's the ep- there's the episode where he goes to his family's house because the doctor asked him like well what about your parents have they ever like had been depressed or anything and like even the conversation with his dad you can tell that his dad it's like the stereotypical trope of just like everybody gets sad sometimes son um and it's his dad's way of saying like i ain't never been depressed but it's like also his mom comes and comforts him is like are you okay and it's like don't listen to you like your dad's just talking like your dad uh, has had his tough days too it's just like it's nice to see that reassurance from like and support that when it comes to mental health in the exactly. black community yep. so uh, i've gushed about this show enough <laughs> but so on to the movie corner. um okay <laughs> so there's two movies i was i wanted to talk about but Let's do it. I feel like one of them is one of mine. Uh, so I, but I'm thinking we we can talk about Creed two because we both saw Creed two. Yes. Did you also I see also Widows? Saw Widows. Did you see Widows? So I did see Widows. We can talk about both Creed two. Creed two. Because I yes. have a lot of thoughts about that. Creed two. Uh, I just want to go on the record and say that Michael B. Jordan got out fined in he his did own movie. Not. I agree with you. Yeah. Flamato is hot. Florian. Baby. He got out fine. He did. And who? <laughs> Florian. Help me. How do you say his name uh, again? I, I pronounce the last name as Montel. Um, okay, I've been saying Montenu, and I don't know which is right. Montenu. Or Montenu. Because if it, if there was a G, I would, I would pronounce it as Montagu, but Montague, but it's there's no G, mm-hmm. so. Gotcha. We were just going to refer to him as Florian. He's fine. Or also Big Nasty, as he is known on social media. I appreciate that and his crisp fade and that part and all of his thirst pictures. Um, so, yeah, my sister Jordan got out fine. I, I never thought I I'd see ridiculous. the day. Uh, I mean, you never thought you'd see the day. Come on, girl. Let's be real. Anywho. Uh, true, true. But okay, I'm done talking about that. No, let's talk about the movie. Let's, let's, let's be intellectual adults for a moment. <laughs> Maybe we can get back to thirsting later. But yeah, no, I, I, I like Creed. I did not love it. I liked it. And it, mm-hmm. um, and the reason I liked it, not love, is because I, to me, I it seemed as though they repurposed the original plot of Creed um, to make it too much like a Rocky film in the fact that instead of being a continuation of the first Creed film, like where where Apollo, where the story, uh, where Apollo, not Apollo, sorry, Adonis's story ends in Creed, where he's, he wins the fight and like he's found like some kind of level of peace and, and accepted his, who he is as Adonis 
as Adonis's um as Adonis Creed. That's where Creed ended off. But when Creed with Creed two, it seems like he's done a complete um, three sixty. Like he's gone back to where he started, and I'm like, eh. And I'm like, shouldn't this be a progression? Shouldn't he have been like not necessarily moved past, but shouldn't he be further along as an individual? Mm-hmm. Um, like shouldn't he be like further along but it's not he, it's not he went back to the same things like i don't know who i am like i do I, am i adonis yeah. am i am i adonis creed or am i apollo's son you know what i mean it's like but we covered this in creed mm. like why are we going back over this like why because yeah. you know in the fight for in, in the original in the first creed there's a scene with him and um rocky where he's like um like where he's like am, am i worthy and he's like i don't know you know what i mean and mm-hmm. it's the same thing in creed too he's like am i worthy i'm like uh you already settled this like not to say that people can't have yeah. that like like i myself still have like problems with insecurity or whatever which is fine but story-wise it like just seemed like a complete 360 and like it didn't seem to progress that much because where it ends off is literally where creed ends off Mm. I mean, so yes, I agree with you there where it's like character development for Creed, for Apollo, doesn't wait, really he's go Apollo, anywhere. Right? A, no, he's Adonis, have... isn't he? Oh, crap. Wait, oh shoot. Adonis. <laughs> I was like, wait, he's <laughs> like, wait, Apollo, Adonis, who's who? <laughs> I, love, I love these Greek names, but dang it, I get confused. Sorry for Adonis. Adonis. <laughs> so, I mean, like, we all know this is a big cash grab. Like, the plot is basically mirror for mirror, you know, kind of like, it's a continuation and like, see, like, having the sons fight each other, obviously is just, like, very cheap. And it makes no sense. But at the same, yeah. But at the same time, I do appreciate, what I did appreciate is that um, Drago, Victor mm-hmm. Drago, who's played by Florian, was not just some big he bully. He was not. He villain. was not. He's actually my friend. Like, yeah. You actually got some backstory, and like you got, you you saw that after Drago Senior had lost his whole career, and his wife had left him, and then like his country basically turned mm-hmm. back on him. So it's like he really fell on hard times, and you see like that. But then it's like the the complex part is when you realize is that he raised his son by himself, and he really like he raised his son with not hating his son but there was hate there was intention for his son to be raised just so he could beat yeah rocky yeah and like because or like whatever he wanted to take back what was his i mean who's who's to say that they just wouldn't weren't gonna go back and just fight the champ if um adonis hadn't gone and like say if adonis hadn't you know, gone got that. That's boxing. what. That's what I mean. Like that's what I mean. That part, like I, yeah, I like their relationship. I like well for what, like how it was portrayed, but mm-hmm. the way it was written also doesn't make sense because, as you said, it's it's, it's yeah. based solely on the fact that Creed is a world champion boxer. If he had decided to be a dentist, like their storyline makes no freaking sense. It's like who are you gonna who are you gonna go who who's he gonna box who who. So he, he, he brought his son up on the off chance. He brought his son up on the off chance that he's going to end up fighting a, Apollo's son. Huh? That don't make no sense. Right. So then that's the thing is like, I don't know how long. We don't know how long like Florian's been training and everything. I, 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 would I took it to train for his been, whole life. Right. Because he was like, we have to reclaim yeah, exactly, our family name. His whole life. So it's kind of like, why, if y'all was living what I'm guessing is squalor. Like y'all, you know, y'all, poor, they're, they're poor, yeah. why didn't you get, 
Yeah, why didn't you get that boy? Into, but see, I think that this is the other thing. Maybe it's to show that they struggle to break into like the mm-hmm. main league of boxing because his father had lost credibility mm-hmm. with their name. So his name didn't mean anything exactly. anymore. And that's why they needed to fight with but, Creed in order to get that uh, that um what's credibility. credibility. I just but that, that only again. works because yeah. of the guy that they brought, the fight promoter. Right, so yes, the fight, the exactly. That works, right? But that would have only worked mm-hmm. if a, if Adonis had even agreed to the fight. What if Adonis, like the mature Adonis that he would have been at the end of Creed, mm-hmm. has said, like, no, I have nothing to prove. I'm a world champion. I know who I am. I don't have to defend my name. I don't have to defend my father's name. I know what happened. Right? He would have been like, I don't need to prove nothing to you. I got a girl. I got a. I got a girlfriend. Like I, my life is com- my life is perfect. Right, right now. Why am I gonna risk risk my right. life to go and like, fight yours? And like that. Well, that whole plot only works if Adonis even says yes. If he had been mature, saying no, like the whole thing falls apart. That's the. That's why I say like I, like I like it technically <laughs> as a film. Like uh, I like a lot of the cinematography. Yeah. I like the music. Like the soundtrack mm-hmm. is. Great. Um, yes, I like I love the it. acting, but the plot, the story makes no sense to me at all. It is a very loose plot. I will say that. Now, I'm a sucker for a good sports mm-hmm, movie, mm-hmm. especially yep. boxing movies. Like, I love Cinderella, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I love boxing movies. Oh, like, in Creed, the first one, magnificent. Because, like you said, we knew what his clear motivations yes. were. Is that he wanted to be acknowledged on his exactly. own. Exactly. As and not just and not to be seen as a mistake. He wanted to prove that he wasn't exactly. a mistake because basically he was the illegitimate mm-hmm. son of mm-hmm. Apollo Creed, and like he just wants to like I am my father's son and I'm not a mistake. And I think that's you know that's very moving to have those motivations and it's like I just want to make my dad right. proud. Um, and you know, dad he has daddy issues and all that. So then he he feels away because he sees the man who killed his father. So everything is like pinned on. How emotionally mature is Apollo? Right. Sorry, dang it, I did it again, Adonis. How emotionally <laughs> mature is Adonis? And just the fact of just like, granted, I'm just kind of thinking, I'm like, y'all, they're not gonna let this man kill him, but he will get beaten with an inch of his busted life. Up more than Which, he was. He got three broken ribs. I was just like, Ugh. oh yeah, yeah. Also, weight classes. I'm, 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 I'm going to say this is my Thank biggest you. problem. That man, there's no like, way they're in the same weight fighting. class. No way. There's no way y'all are in the same weight class. How is any of this legal? I mean, I would have liked it better if I get why they made it so that Victor. It's supposed and, to be imposing because um, he's Drago, he's Drago's son. Sure, but yeah, like I get that, but like having them like grow up, like him be like what I'm guessing is poor. Like they had yeah. a hard life. In, instead of just like oh they went into mm-hmm. boxing and now they have the respect of like like I would I don't know I think that was all to show us like oh he struggled and he's hungry he was raised in hate like like Rocky was saying and everything but at the same time I'm like what was stopping this man from being picked up by some like, US team or like, like some why like is he under not, why is he not fighting for for the Russian uh, for a Russian national team like huh well. But see that—that's the thing. Russia looked turned their back but, but, on but, his like, father. But they turned their back on the father. But, but why would they turn their back on the son? Seeing how much talent the son has. If their if their whole thing is about recognizing True. talent, like so why then, would he not have been picked up um, on the merits True. of his own um, thing? Like all of us, and not only that, if he was so if if he if they really did turn their backs on him, like how was he even able to go to America to fight? Like to like you understanding me? Like 
technically, mm-hmm. technically, he shouldn't have been able to fight Apollo because what kind of fights was he getting into? Because he wasn't on the same standing. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not I'm not I'm not talking. Right, like, literally wasn't know. in the same league because like when you're when you're fighting opponents, don't yeah. you have to ha- don't do you have to have like a certain yeah. amount of fights recognized by 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 like in, by certain federations? Yeah, and see that's I the was other like, thing. The it's whole like, time what, I was sitting this watching this, I'm like, okay, he's training. He's not even training in a proper gym. He's training in the in the stockyards of of the factory that he's mm-hmm. working in, and he's doing like on the ground boxing. How the hell did he end up fighting a world champion on an American? Uh, how the hell did he end up fighting at a world a mm-hmm. world champion? Huh? The, like I literally sat there and I yeah. watched that. When I saw that, I was because like, you can't just challenge. You can't just challenge him. That's, that's not how it works. See, this is why we need somebody who knows boxing. I like to watch it, but I don't understand like all the rules and stuff. I don't know if you can just come in. You and can't. That's somebody. like me going into law school, and that's I like me. That's so. like me. That's like me going just because I can. I can ice skate means I'm gonna go and apply. I'm gonna go and ch- not. Not you're not challenging <laughs> them like recreationally, or so you see them ice skate. Like yeah, this is like a professional league, and you're going for a title, a world title. That's not how it works. And you gotta work. You your gotta way work up. your way up. He exactly. didn't fight any other person. Like literally. <laughs> Um, what's his face is literally the first American that he fought. This is like literally the first international thing that he fought and he yep. was going for the title, the title bout. What? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yep. It's, just, it's, it's, no. it's all over the place. That's where the plot like falls apart immediately. It's just like, one, you have to bank on Adonis to take the fight. Two, we have to believe that Russia is so petty that they will still not let this like amazingly talented, fine ass, <laughs> six foot five, talented man, uh, d- d- demigod fight for them. Uh, that makes I'm no like, sense. There's at least been two Olympics. There's at least been two Olympics. And this man has to be in his yes. prime. Like and he I'm doesn't belong to under a team. 30. And or have his own agent or promoter or manager. The Olympics didn't pick him up. Oh, the Olympics? Oh. It don't make no so sense. None of it makes any sense <laughs> I to me. I think it would have made more sense if they gave him some of that backstory. Sure, show us that they had to struggle and they fought in like small fights and like dinky dinky gyms but like at some point it would have like give them some notoriety and say that he like I don't know he didn't use his father's Ooh. name and he exactly. was fighting in the Olympics I don't know like, something like no that sense. but yeah, maybe they just really want to get like, across. Like, like, I know a lot of people are always in amazing film. I'm like, really? When you examine it, the story is not that well. The story is not that well written. Like, eh. no, it's, it's beautifully cool. shot, and I love a good and fight it, movie. Like, I love a good I, hero yes. who falls down. We, but, and, and you had and you had the, you had the uh, prerequisite Rocky montage, the training montage, which was great. I love mm-hmm. the training montage. I love but montages. another yes. thing that I have a problem. There's two major problems I have with it. Character. Wise is the first mm-hmm. is how Victor is written, and the second is how um, mm-hmm. Brianna. I keep calling her Brianna. Uh, she is Bianca. Bianca played by Tessa Thompson. Bianca. I have a major problem with how the oh, two yeah. of them are let's written. So that. first, let's go with uh, we're gonna discuss Victor played by Florian. Um, mm-hmm. So he's basically mute almost the whole film. The only yes. reason that I you even connect to him as a that. character is because of Florian's acting. Florian's acting saved that yes. character. And frankly, in my opinion, saved mm-hmm. the whole film. He's the only person that I really cared about and that I wanted to know Same. more about. And 
And honestly, and also Ivan, because um, Dolph Lundgren, like they, they, their relationship worked, and the way they, their dynamic was very interesting in the fact, like his father was trying to like he's li- living vicariously through Flor and um, through through his it's son. Fun. He's trying to mm-hmm. correct what he sees as a mistake through Victor, which kind of makes no sense because technically, if he but it kind of mm. in a way they in a way admit that he does regret in a way killing Apollo without even acknowledging that in the fact that he knows that he did something yeah. wrong because if he if there were like he killed him in the ring and remember he was so uh, he was so uh, seemingly unapologetic about it but the thing is like their their whole thing is based on is predicated on the fact that he's more upset about losing to Rocky than about killing Apollo which is like that's never addressed in the film like there's no discussion about you know what i mean like he never wants to acknowledge yeah i killed your friend but it's like he's more pissed about losing and i'm like ah. whereas but for 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 victor he works because of how florian asked like um like just like when it came out the, the film i told my sister he like he the way he uses his face and his body language is very impressive because i think this is his first um his first film role might be having technical difficulties. Carolyn, are you there? Okay. I think you cut out for a second. Right. I, I'm sorry we had a little bit of technical difficulty. So as I was saying, the like what makes um Victor work is Florian and how he uses his face and his and his butt and his um and his physicality and he the way he, he used his body because a lot of his on set dialogue is re- translated through his face the way he uses his um his forehead like not his forehead acting but the way you tell a lot of what he's thinking through his like what he's feeling through the way his eyes he's very i think he's very expressive in his face and his body language and like you can tell when he's tense like like you could see when he was tense when he was uncomfortable in a situation like the way he would move his body and he, like someone would say something and he react face he react and you could see the 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 what he was thinking in his face and in his eyes and a lot of that especially is telegraphed in his scenes with with his father with um with Ivan because he doesn't say a lot but he's like just observing and he's a very observant person like the, there's like probably three scenes where he speaks and one is at the dining table with his mom and and then with, with his mm-hmm. dad and even then like you could count the amount the amount of words that he says and like he doesn't have much dialogue and I think that's a disservice to the character because like you just is like he's just there he's just basically used as a a wild dog for his dad to use to attack um to attack Adonis right but the only thing that saves him and humanizes him is Florian's acting um right so yeah for you now to your point about like the his reaction like I I agree completely it's just like he is just like really good at like saying things without saying things even though I wish he was allowed to you know mm-hmm. speak more and I don't know if it was done purposely that they limited his lines to show that how much he was really just a weapon for his father at one point even though like it's obvious that how much love he has for his father like you, you can tell how much he loves and yeah. cares about his dad because like that's been his whole family um, since his father lost the fight so it's like I don't know if that's what that was their point, but then like I that's why I like that scene where he gets up from the tape the dinner table and like basically he has an outburst and he's like telling his dad like she left you like because the mom had came to the table and like they left you like they abandoned you why are we here 
Like, Man, she has some like he's the one. He has obviously his own voice, and I wish he was able to like use it more. But he makes when he does speak, he does make yeah. like really good points of just like why do we care about what these people think about us? Like, obviously I am the best. Obviously mm-hmm. I am the champion. I should be, you know, like, it's, it's almost like I don't know how to put it. Like, he gets, Victor gets it. He needs, he just be like, I don't care. I don't need them. He's like, cause he's like, it, but that's, mm-hmm. and, and that's the thing, right? Because like, I, I feel like a lot of his autonomy as a character was taken away and he, I, I, like I could, yeah, I could see where they're trying to show where like he's raised to, he's raised to be, um, mm-hmm. he was raised to be a fighter. But the way I saw it is he was literally, ra- he was literally because, um, he was literally raised without having the option to quit. Because all I even kept telling him is, you can't quit. You have to like reclaim our family mm-hmm. honor and that kind of thing. And he's like, you have to like show our pride. And your mom left us, and Vic, I, I would have yeah. been like, she, she left, left you, you. But, but like, oof. so like, but because but she did, she she left you. But like his like you know what I mean but like there like we don't know anything about him apart from the fact yeah. that he's a boxer we didn't see any scenes with him doing anything yeah. but boxing for uh, for Adonis we've seen him interact with Bianca we've seen him interact with uh, with uh, Rocky we've seen him interact with his mom we've seen him interact with like other people in his life and even uh, um Ivan and and Victor like with their lives they're like literally all their scenes are contained within within that small sphere like we don't we didn't see any we didn't see it may seem true it may sound trivial but we didn't see any scenes mm-hmm. with them going to a market we didn't see any scenes with them in their house just interacting the first shot in the in the in the in the film is of the two yeah. of them which i thought was great but what i thought was in like it's a shot with um with Victor with um with Victor going mm-hmm. and training to fight. We don't see anything of their home life. We don't see them interacting like just even like making yeah. breakfast or you know like just like walking on the street Mm-mm. interacting with their neighbors. Nothing, and I think that's a disservice to the characters. Like what else yeah. is there? It's so shallow and, and like thank God for their acting because the characters yeah. would have sucked I, otherwise. I would say that for sure. Yeah. Um. So then let's get on to right. Bianca because I feel like a lot of people have had some choice opinions about that and I I would say I kind of agree with that. So I'll let you start. Um, yeah, Bianca. Bianca? I love oh, her. Oh, Bianca. She fills every test, every character test. So she fills not only the Bletchdale test, but she also fills mm-hmm. the Kent test. Written yep. by my girl, Karkisha Kent. Got to bigger up. Um, but yeah, no, she fills the test because every single one of her lines of dialogue has to do with mm-hmm. her relationship with Adonis. Even yep. when she was talking about her music, it has somehow... Adonis mm-hmm. is the center of the conversation. When she's talking to his mom about her music, mm-hmm. she ends up talking about Adonis. She doesn't have any female nope. friends of her own. So all of her scenes are related to Adonis. She's either talking to him, talking to Rocky, talking to um, or talking to mm-hmm. Adonis's mom. She, to me, again, only survives as a character because of Tessa yes. Thompson. Like, her character is so shallow. Like, she had way more depth mm-hmm. to her in Creed um, than she does here in, in, in Creed 2. Like, the only other, I think her, the best scene for her is when they had the, is when they were getting the baby yeah. tested. 
for 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 hearing and the way and Tessa did a great job where you can mm-hmm. tell a lot about her emotions, go uh, what she was feeling with her and you like you could see that she was uh, scared and she was afraid and there was a great scene between her mm-hmm. and Adonis um, where they're c- they're connecting and they're like having a nonverbal conversation because he's in the booth with the technician and she's inside the testing booth with mm-hmm. the baby and like they have a great nonverbal co- uh, conversations. I think that's probably yeah. one of my favorite scenes in the film. But again. Like we don't see her discussing anything apart of, yes. of, about herself yeah. apart from him. And that to me mm-hmm. is a great disservice to the character. Um, that, so like she suggested she move to LA. Okay, sure. So we didn't see her talking to any friends and saying, you know what, I'm really scared about moving to this new place. Yeah, it was her idea. But like when you're when you're planning to move into um a whole either country or even another state or whatever like you have apprehension and we didn't see her discussing that with any that fear with anyone and we didn't see her on the phone saying girl I moved here and like I love it or I hate it whatever nothing about that and she's she's again she's so shallowly written and yeah and the only acknowledgement so again the only acknowledgement for her is like she has the disability because she has the hearing um she she's losing her hearing and again the only vulnerability we see from her is when it's in relation to her her being afraid that the baby is going to mm-hmm. inherit her condition and that was a great scene and she mm-hmm. acknowledged that but we didn't see her or Adonis have a, a conversation where they would have been like what do we do if the baby yeah. has this con- has this condition what do we do if the baby's deaf we didn't see her we didn't see them discussing their affairs who did he have that conversation Rocky. with Rocky the conversation that he mm-hmm. should have had with Bianca he had with Rocky yeah. like because I mean me? like I get it Rocky's his mentor and he's like almost he's basically his pseudo father figure and I mean like at least Rocky gave some sound advice of like you can't like think about it, like wait for bad things to happen and then like figure it out like you gotta be able to embrace it and like and like the whole thing is like yeah okay if your child is not isn't unable to hear it then let's the solution is you're gonna you're gonna help and like guide her through her life until like she's at an independent point yes like it's like show her that she can still be just as strong as any other child like you're gonna love her no matter what obviously and that was his point you're not gonna love this child any less right but you have to acknowledge that if this happens you need to be prepared mentally and like you know emotionally so yeah, but that's exactly. been a discussion that happened with Bianca because Bianca was scared too, and she was obviously I don't know what the feelings that the character was meant to have It's just that she's like blaming herself or she's is she sad because like her child's going to struggle maybe a little bit more than any other than other children, and you know like I mean again I'm not a mom so and I don't and I don't have a hearing disability mm-hmm. but again I don't know if that's what we were supposed to think from that point is that that she was nervous about her child having the same issues that she now has. In, but like having them at an earlier point in her life. Exactly. Like we, they, exactly. there's we no discussion about that. And we don't and get to know how she's like, with come it. on. We, cause then how is it? Exactly. There was, there was, there was, there was nothing like her character. Mm. Oh my God. Like because she was so badly to... written. And again, oh, it's great to see. No, but sorry. Like, are we it's, supposed go to ahead. No, that, like after his talk with Rocky, Adonis goes in and he comforts her and that puts her mind at ease about her baby who has a hearing disability. Like, <laughs> no, because exactly. we didn't see any hint of it. We didn't see them discussing it any bit. The only hint of it was when mm-hmm. they were laying on in the bed, and she was like, "What if the baby has the mm-hmm. condition that exactly. has the same thing I have?" And he like just kisses his baby, like, and he kisses her tummy, okay. and kind of like glosses over it, and then he, yeah, and he like kind of mm-hmm. glosses over. It. I'm like, oh, 
that's that's it that's that's like this is a serious yeah. condition like she's afraid and again and another thing with her character is he completely he continues to dismiss mm-hmm. all of her opinions and all of her feelings when he didn't even consult her when he went to the first fight with victor i was like yeah. the hell excuse me what you you're just gonna yeah. accept a fight you, mm. you're not gonna tell me and then he did it again when he accepted the second fight with Vicar the Victor because she's like mm-hmm. we have a child now um we there we have you have more to lose now and he's like uh well I I have to do this fight she's like no you don't and he's like yeah I do and then he completely dismisses her opinion and goes to fight and nearly dies I'm like after he nearly died the first time he was in the hospital he was freaking peeing blood which means his kidneys were seriously damaged he's gonna go fight a guy the same guy again to prove Mm. to prove what like he completely dismisses her feelings and I'm like yeah this is is this really the great romance between black characters that we want to keep seeing where we have black black men continuing to dismiss the the, the, the opinions of their wives is that really the message that we're going to continue to say feelings and because it's stunted emotionally like why I will say the one thing that I did like that she said like she mentioned it not mentioned but like I like that her drive for her career didn't stop with the baby because mm-hmm. like after like she like puts it on him yes. like look can you watch the baby I'm gonna go to the studio I need to get out of this house because you know like most times moms are like nervous to leave their babies or at least they're portrayed that way to leave their babies for months or they put their lives on hold and I'm just like at yeah. least y'all gave me that sliver of character still is that like she still puts her career like as a priority and she hasn't and like just like in the first creed like she like there was the scene where she goes off on him because he started some drama at one of her shows she's just like what do you think this is this isn't all about you like i have my own life like and i love that so much but yeah. we lost that a little bit we lost that here but ugh. We did, we did, because when she went to the studio, the whole sequence mm-hmm. that follows is about it's him. All about him. Um, and with the baby, like he can't control the baby. He's calling his mom. He's like, "Oh, the baby's not crying." And he, and he takes the baby to the boxing, to, to the boxing <laughs> ring. A newborn and, baby outside. Not only outside, but in a dirty boxing ring, mm. surrounded by sweaty. Uh, a par- paraphernalia i'm like excuse me this is like really this is what you're gonna do so like mm-hmm. he could have like gone to the studio and sat down in the booth and watched her sing you know what i mean like that's that's what i would have that's how i would have done the scene mm-hmm. i would have done the scene with him like okay he can't even see instead of getting to the boxing ring i would have been like to give us more about her like just have him like for instance you could have a scene with him sitting down in the recording booth just mm-hmm. watching her do her thing like have her be singing and like you can have a couple shots like going back and forth but then the main focus of the scene is her listening mm-hmm. to her sing watching her write a song like the same song that she sings at the end of the the, the show at the end of the film where she's um introducing him it would have been great if we saw her writing the song like that would have been good But, you know, she exists only for him. Yeah, I mean, aside from, like, you know, character development flaws, I mean, we know what, like, sequels, they never really match up to the first ones. 
and I try I, my best. I'm not saying that I expect it to like, yeah. Think, but I mean, just I just on its on its own merit as a film, just the story, because I'm like, yeah. I'm, it's not that I'm comparing it to Creed, but you kind of have to because it's supposed to be a sequel. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what? And even if it was, even if it wasn't a sequel, I would still have problems with it characterized because I yeah. would still find the same problems with Victor and with Tessa with and with Bianca. It would still have the same problems mm-hmm. with those characters anyway. So it's just like, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it hit the marks for me as someone who likes a boxing as a boxing movie. Yeah, it's a good I'm, sports movie. It's a good sports movie. Is it a great movie that deserves awards? No. No. But do you just want to go watch a montage of people training and fine men? Yes. Yes. That is what it is. <laughs> and that is all I needed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. But for real, character development is serious. Like, I would have liked more fleshed out character development for Bianca or at least just something more like uh, but we're not I mean yeah it's 2018 people you gotta do better by the black women like just just give just us more just a little bit better please like we're like, not asking for everything I mean we deserve thank, everything thank God for Black Panther and thank God for Widows cause I'm oh, telling you yeah oh, and that, note that that is a perfect way to segue into our final movie recommendation Mm-hmm. Widows. Oh my god. Sorry, we're running a little bit long, people, but you know, it's the final episode for the year, so bear with us. Yeah, yeah. And then well, the final pod, like, yeah. The, we're gonna the have final more episodes, regularly but... recorded episode. There we go. Yes, yes. Because we got surprises coming for you in December. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about Widows. Like, I think the moral of the story of Widows is all men are fucking trash. Trash! trash all of men are trash that is the moral of the story and that is what I walked away with and fun fact I saw this movie with my grandma she <laughs> loved it <laughs> that was fun to watch I mean the sex scenes made it awkward but that's fine <laughs> yeah. yeah no it was awkward <laughs> well, there weren't that much of them how many sex scenes no, no, were no, there it was, just the, it was the one and it's just it I don't know one. it's one of them things where I'm like my nana rarely goes to the movie theaters <laughs> so like she's just like oh I want to see that I'm like okay I'm gonna go I'll come pick you up and we go to see it and I'm just like I kind of like in my brain was like please don't let there be a sex scene like mm. too much of a sex scene and I'm like mm-hmm. I don't have anything personally against them it's just the fact that I'm like I have to sit here with my nana and watch a sex scene mm. oof but no sorry getting distracted here um let's dive into it what did you think of Widows? I love Widows it's in my top five films of the year yes mm. just May, I, I should say made this year because there are other yeah, for for the year, because I because when I compile my my list of films, there's gonna be one or two films that came out before 2018, mm-hmm. but it's gonna be film. But I'm gonna go for films released in 2018 for this year. My top five widows is in my top five. I would say the same for me too, because I mean, just shot beautifully in the story. <sighs> I mm-hmm. I, I want to go see it again, and I'm just mm. like I you know usually I can find like a loophole in the story, just like come some kind of like um. A hole in no. the armor, and I just cannot it, find one in this it's movie. It's really well written. Um, so good. The cinematography snap. is great. The writing is great. The character developments are great. The acting is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, to me, Widows is like the complete package. It, um, it, oh, yeah, it is the standard. It is from now on the standard. For how female characters should be written. Written, and then like if you want to address, like for people who say like, what was the movie like the i could compare this to like the first time i felt like i like really saw female characters like each of them with their own motivations yeah like 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 done so well like this it it almost kind of made me think of set it off 
yeah, actually. Like a I did think bit. I did think about setting up when I was watching it. Yeah, but like obviously, like obvi- like the, the stories and every and the motives are different. But it's just like being able. When was the last time I saw a movie like this where the characters were written so well? And like, granted, set it off is like almost twenty years old, or if not over twenty years old. So. Uh, forgive me, I know some of that stuff is very dated and probably a bit problematic in a few places, but that was like the last time, that's like one of the movies I consider to be like great female driven stories. Right. Everybody dies except for one. So that's what my problem (laughs) is. That was my concern with this movie. It's like, oh God, someone's gonna die or everybody's Uh, gonna die. Oh, I just didn't want everybody to die. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, like it just... This is how I want female characters to be written. So good. So good. It's, so the thing, and I think the, the unique thing about um, Widows is the fact that they're all, not because they're all women, but the main leads are all women, but they're women from different socioeconomic backgrounds and they're women yes. of different races. And mm-hmm. the fact that they were all each handled so well. And one of the things that always bugs me about ensemble films is sometimes it feels, sometimes you have characters and it feels like they don't get enough time to develop their own story and you don't get enough time to know who they are. But mm-hmm. Widows, I felt like I knew all of the women and like even Cynthia Irvio's character, Belle, even though she she comes in late into the film, like I still got to know who she was as a, as a character. And like that's very rare in films especially one with centered around women and yeah they all didn't get get along which is like perfectly fine because like all women you always have a group of women where not all of you are gonna get along you're not all gonna be best friends immediately mm-hmm. just because you have because i said this in my re- in my review like i appreciate that because i went to an all-girls school i was in a classroom with 31 other girls and like we all kind of got along, but we got along because we were there. We were all like surviving school together. But like, I wasn't BFS with like all of them, right? Like, I I only had like two or three girls that I was really really close to. The rest were like periphery. But you you kind of mm-hmm. got on because you were like we we're classmates and we have to do assignments together, whatever. And this was kind of like this. What is this kind of like a girl a, a girl um all girls class? Like they're like we have an assignment to do. Let's get this done. We might not mm-hmm. talk to each other at the end, but we are gonna get an A plus on this darn assignment. So no matter what, and this. Mm-hmm. Kind of best, and that's kind of like how it is with this film. And I really appreciate that. And like Viola Davis, just huh. this woman. This woman is a is a is angel. Is, oh, she's so good. She is so good. There's a, there's a scene, and there's two scenes that stick out in my mind always. And it's the first thing is the one with um Brian Tyree, but mm-hmm. I'm messing up people's names a lot tonight. Forgive me, people. Um, David Kaluuya. Daniel um, no, because she didn't have any scenes with him. The one she her scene oh, with yeah. um, but play. Jeez, oh, oh, Father Lord, forgive me. I'm here looking up IMDb because my brain is scrambling. And Brian Tyree Henry and his yeah. character Jamal Manning. And there's a scene yeah. where he goes to visit her at his house at her house. And mm-hmm. the thing with Viola's character is that what the, how the the character moves through these scenes because before he came into her house she was like very melancholy and there was a song a Nina Simone song playing and she looked so sad and she was missing her uh-huh. husband well, it's not uh-huh. spoiling the plot because we all know he dies because they're called widows and she's just standing there she's like being you can like tell her she's remembering her husband and she's you can tell she's sad and she's missing him but then 
Jamal Madden comes in and she moves from sadness to fear like that. Mm. Like you yeah. can, and, and I think it's such a great transition of of a of of emotions because mm-hmm. she like you know what I mean. And it's like and fear and sadness are not the same. And no. but you can see her, you can see the terror in her body language. And I love when mm-hmm. you can read like when actors really use their bodies to like convey an emotion. And and Brian Terry Henry, good lord, this man is so good. Like he's so menacing, and mm-hmm. he's like you can he's threatening her, but he's not saying I'm gonna kill you kind of threat. It's just like that he's very he's very condescending in the way he talks about her. Yeah, and he talks about her wealth, and you can tell mm-hmm. that he he has a thing against people who have money and mm-hmm. like he's very menacing and he's very methodical in the way he's seeing and he's intelligent you can tell like he's a man who who's very intelligent and he 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 chooses his word very carefully and and I love that scene between the two of them it was so so good yes and oh my, my god and my my other favorite scene is one with um with all the women and it's with Cynthia Irvio's character Belle mm-hmm. and they meet each other and people and like because she Belle is the only other black female main lead people mm-hmm. are, I know people have been like well they're gonna become friends they don't and I'm no. not gonna spoil it but the way how the two of them interact is very very realistic to me and mm-hmm. it, and it conveys so much about who these women are and who they, what they think about each other so clearly so suddenly I just love it I just love that whole scene no it's your turn sorry it's, go ahead it's, no no I mean like that. everything you said I completely agree with because it's just the reality of it is it's like if you were in this situation so this is the difference between this and set it off like for real set it off they were friends they were like ride or die friends Mm -hmm. these women are strangers they don't know they ain't never met each each other other. they don't know nothing about each other and as far as they know it's like they're like we just got a job and we gotta do it because and like the way Viola like her character well manipulates maybe What's the, I feel like it's a better word Bully. than manipulate. It's almost like she bullied them because almost, but like she oh, she makes she convinces almost, but them not quite. Yeah, yeah, she convinces them to do the job in the first place because it's like, look, y'all need this money. I need this money. Y'all be comfortable off. I'm sure y'all ain't got no money right now. So let's just get this. Let's get this bread. Yeah, <laughs> as the young folk would say. So. <laughs> Oh, like that! Like she's just so convincing and compelling to get people to like do what she needs them to do, and she like at the same time she knows how not to get her hands dirty. Yes, like she knows what she's doing. She knows why she's giving everyone what task and how to go about it, and she's just a very capable and resourceful character. Um, not to say the other characters aren't, but without her, they'd be lost. Like they'd be dead if they didn't but have her. But what's though? Because oh, yeah. the, mm-hmm. I, and the reason I'm going to say not necessary is because uh, the way how the other characters take initiative and solve problems themselves. Because okay, mm-hmm. so take for instance, um, Alice's character, Alex, played by yeah. Elizabeth the Becky. So mm-hmm. at first, you think she's going to be this kind of damsel in distress character because yeah. um, she's so tall and she's very wayfish and she's very mm-hmm. has this kind of almost ethereal look to her. And yeah. she's the kind of character you ease that you would easily underestimate because you look at her you think what are you going to do like how are you going to handle this situation like mm-hmm. what what bad ass thing could you do but the way she she's 
to me, she's very intelligent and yes. she 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 analyzes situations very quickly because one of the scenes that I really liked was the one where she went to the well two she, cause you know me I love pettiness I'm I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a petty person at heart no, like I'm, when she yeah. got the van my girl was like spoilers people she got the van that was worth way more than it was and it wasn't mm-hmm. because she was stupid and it wasn't because she was like oh I'm gonna spend money willy nilly she's like nah I'm gonna be petty this is this one's money and she's being a she's being a complete jerk I'm gonna waste mm-hmm. her money and I'm gonna get a, a van for way more than it's worth and I love that I love that she didn't get the van as soon as because she's mm-hmm. inexperienced or whatever nah she was just being petty right yeah <laughs> and I love that and I'm like and then the other scene was with her where she's getting the guns and she was like she immediately decided who she was gonna get the gun from because I remember mm-hmm. like yeah I remember when it came out the, the gun cin- show yeah I remember when it came out the, the, the cinema the second that mm-hmm. I saw it the guy said oh I thought she was gonna use her body to get <sighs> the gun a guy came up behind me he said I was like that's it's so good that they didn't have her do that that yeah. she went to a woman and she was like she was like I'm gonna get this woman to help me get guns and mm-hmm. like they the fact that people were expecting her to like flirt with men to help her get guns mm-hmm. and then turn it and did like the complete opposite it was amazing so like I was like that's brilliant and yes. I just oh, love absolutely. her character okay yes absolutely so yeah maybe um I probably spoke prematurely when I said like they'd be dead without her um because you're right they I do like how like the other characters do shine Mm-hmm. in the other scenes so it is important to note that like while Viola Davis character is the mastermind like I think she elevates them to a certain point like you know like to get them to think to act like to think quick and to like be quick yes and to be, like to use the skills that they have like they, they use skills they didn't even realize they had mm-hmm. now, I'm not saying that's just because of her but like you said with Alice she like her mother wanted to push her to be like basically an escort or like yeah. be a sugar baby on this website and it's like you could tell she had her reservations about doing it but even though she still did it but it's like she still found a way to, like, to make it benefit her and, exactly. like, she still, and she finds her voice because like oh that man was ugly I'm just I'm gonna say it like he, he Alice he wasn't worth he, you <laughs> like, you can all. do better Alice you can do better you can do much better sweetie oh my god no but and it's just I just he had to he had to freaking gall to be like what you can't just leave everything behind and come to Beijing with me I'm, I'm like, like my dude oh. Like I and then like her saying like I appreciated her saying like I can't just leave my life like you I have other things to do here like he just he literally just showed his whole ass right there like he just he wants you around because he wants to buy you things and have sex with you and have you on his arm and it's just like she saw that as, she recognized that toxicness that like she had been like that controlling nature that she yeah. had had before with her husband before when he had died yep. and like even though she loved him like her husband it's like she didn't want to go back into that pattern she didn't want to put herself back into that situation exactly I love that that, that she found her yeah. strength and mm-hmm. and also the other character that I, I like I love all these characters but Michelle Rodriguez I, I was so happy the first time I saw it at TIFF and I remember the first things I came up was and I, ca- I called my sister and I said thank god she didn't know how to shoot a gun. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I, I legit said that. And I'm like, she didn't know how to shoot a gun. I'm like, I'm so happy about that. And she wasn't mm-hmm. the getaway driver. I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm Finally, like, yes. something else. And I'm they like, didn't kill her. Yes. I was like, she's not the getaway driver because it didn't play into that whole 
type mm-hmm. casting of her of like the the character lady that she plays in Fast and Furious. I'm like, mm-hmm. this may seem like a small thing, but I'm like, as a fan of both Michelle Rodriguez and the Fast and Furious franchise, I am happy mm-hmm. that she was not the getaway driver because that would have been tropey as heck and i am glad they did not do that i am like steven steve mcqueen you did that please thank you so much that man is just he is just a godsend for like these kind of movies i i just really enjoyed it so much um just to talk about like some of the other things i really liked though Mm -hmm. the it is so chicago so like i live in chicagoland i'm not in the city y'all i'm not going to disclose my location either but i work in chicago Okay. So right. just like the whole drama of them talking about the aldermans and everything, mm-hmm. that is a very real issue for a lot of people. Like who gets what ward and like how like them talking about like breaking down like why that family was like uh, the Maroni. What was the family's name? The white yeah, family. Mulligans. Mulligans. Like when they broke down how they lost like 16,000 votes because they they didn't play ball with the mayor and how that messed up. They voted like that is some real stuff. Yeah, they switch voting. They they switch lanes. Just be the Mm -hmm. the mirror switch lanes because he was petty as hell. Like what? He's like, oh, you're not gonna help me. Okay, great. I'm gonna switch you this. I'm gonna switch up the district. But then it's like I really enjoyed them talking a little bit about the politics. Like I, okay, I loved the focus on the women. Like I, mm-hmm. that was my favorite parts, obviously. But when you kind of got to like, um, what was his name? Jamal. It was that him. The other Brian Tyree Henry's character. Yeah, Jamal. Yeah, when he's saying like, man, I, I'm 37. I can't mm-hmm. be doing this drug game no more. He's like telling his brother, who Daniel Kaluuya, he snapped as a menacing person, yeah. like in a, as a villain. Like he 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 had me scared. He was just, he looked crazy, but I think he did a really good job there. But anyway, I digress. Just like him saying, like, look, I can make more money. I can make money as an alderman, and I can still get money off the top. Like him breaking down like all the scandals and like all the scams that come with being a politician. Like, yeah. the, just like oh, like talking, like talking about that stuff. Like they're gangsters. In a little bit they're, of air. they're political gangsters. That's all they are. There's not mm-hmm. the only thing oh, that's yeah. separating them from the gangsters on the street is the location. Okay. Exactly, and the product. Like what what you push in, and then, uh, so that was I, I enjoyed having that little B plot, but then it's like there was like three plots going on really. Yes. Like when I thought about it, so plot A the husbands die mm-hmm. in, a, in a job gone wrong you think that and then the wrong. women and then the women have to figure out how to do this job that her husband left behind for her to do plot b is the politicians arguing with one another which the one dude um dang it i forgot his name again mulligan was it jack mulligan uh, yeah colin farrell yeah yeah, Colin Farrell's character, he did not want to be a politician. He didn't want to be like his dad or anything. And then like his dad being like a secret racist and like had like uplifting the black community and all this is just like, ugh, get yeah, we all know some politicians like this. Um and like all of that drama going on there was like the B plot and then the C plot was like you found out that Viola's husband was the like, stole the money. <laughs> spoilers, yeah, spoilers. He, <laughs> he, he ain't dead, girl. And I yelled. Listen, I screamed. You are not the only person. Let me do something. 
I think one of the funniest experience, fun, funnest experiences I had in the cinema this year was at the Widow screening at TIFF. A screening filled with a bunch of film mm. critics. When I tell you that people went nuts in the cinema, people went nuts. People were like, oh, no. Like, there was a guy sitting next to me, a white guy. He was like, hell no. He was like, that bastard. And it was like, that was like, that son of a gun. I was like, I mm-hmm. knew it. I'm like, I, everyone, lo- everyone oh. lost their issue in the cinema. People were like, no. <laughs> right? I was just like, oh. It's just because they look so in love and they look so happy. I know. And the, the, I was like, like, he, he looked like how he could really you do that to her? her? Right? And it's just like, how do you, one, your, your son is dead. Mm-hmm. She, like, she, and I, it's weird. Like, my nana kind of like made this comment. It's just like, now is she, is he mad because she probably never forgave him about their son? Or. Or, and he feels that way or is it just like he wanted a new life for himself and he was willing to throw that away from her like how you know like when Viola's like having the she's saying like oh you're just gonna leave me and go off with your new wife and your new white baby mm-hmm. and I was like oh I'm like oh that cut deep because this, it's like their son died because, and, like, and he mm. is a bit to blame for that race plays uh, there, that's that's another subplot in the film mm. is race and how it, mm-hmm. how it interconnects with the different relationships like for them like the thing yeah. is, is like it wasn't explicit but it's like their, their son is biracial he gets mm-hmm. killed by a cop because of uh, which, something, no because he reason. was doing something for his dad. Because remember, he was he was mm-hmm. driving for his. He was getting do, going he back to do something for his dad. U-turn, to- which probably wasn't even illegal. He just made a he made an abrupt U turn and he pulled over with the cops. And then he's just like he's like oh shoot the phone and he reached for it. Now here's the thing: those cops did not have to pull out their guns. But no, it's, but it's it's so it is so just it paints a picture and it's supposed to be abrupt and it's supposed to be like triggering and supposed to like really hit people like it it happens so quickly but like there's so many people who have lost their lives that way exactly he was doing what the cop told him to do the cop was like show me registration and he was getting his registration he was getting right? his registration but that's the thing so like her son who's biracial gets killed by a black mm. cop and her white husband like I, he's like mm. oh, cause, and then she's like baby you wish that you were, you didn't have a child with me because if he wasn't half black this wouldn't have happened and then mm-hmm. the whole thing is then he turns around and then it's like he's having an affair with a white woman who was also his partner's <sighs> wife like the hell and then has a baby with her like what right what? that really got me and I was just awesome so like I'm really not trying to shame nobody on appearances or anything but you you cheated on Viola Davis with that woman like I just it don't it doesn't make sense to me like why her why her out of everyone because like, apart from I, 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 well, there's a line that she says right the and her name is Amanda and she was like why do you always want more. And I think that's mm. it. He's just like, he wanted to have his cake and eat it too, right? Because True. if he had been able to get away with the robbery, he would have left, um, he would have left Veronica for her. And then like, he would have probably left her too, because it's like, what, mm. like, what will satisfy him, right? And that's so true. that's just his character. He's like, typical white man who always wants more than, who always wants, every, he wants everything for himself, oh. right? It, and it's, it, yeah, you're right. And it's like, even like at the, like, I don't know if I should say if this is the climax because I just feel like there's a bunch of climaxes in this movie but like it, where he pops up again yeah where Veronica's at the warehouse and she's unloading the cash and like get ready to set, and like change the cars and everything mm-hmm. and he pops up again and he has the he has the unmitigated gall to tell her he needs the money oh. 
Like, do you know what kind of hell you have put this woman through? Mm, girl, talk she about has it. been through hell. She thought you were dead. No, sorry. One, her child has been dead. Her child was killed because of you. I'm just gonna blame it on him. Her child is dead. You, she's. She thought you were dead. So she has lost. She thought she had lost a, her. She knows she's lost her son, but she also thought she lost her. She lost her husband. That is just. I don't even know what that he feels cold. like. He cold. He hearted Let me tell you, he was he cold. Cold blooded. But you got, and then you got the nerve to take some money that you know that these people are gonna come and take, like, come to your wife now because you're dead, and you stole their money. The blame's been put on her. This puts her in a bind. And it's like, because and, he wanted more money. He already had, he had a million dollars because he gave one million to um, Colin Farrell's character. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I need all this money. You need five million dollars. You can't even leave your wife with two million dollars to pay off the gangsters that are trying, who will come and kill that dog and her. Listen. Like, he ain't shit. That's why, as you said, that's why the whole theme of the film is like, men ain't shit. <laughs> when he, when she killed him, I clapped. I was just like, uh, yeah. Everyone clapped at the, at the screening, at the tip screening. I mean, like, the whole cinema was like, woohoo, kill the fool. Yes, yes. Because I, he, when he pulled out the gun, I was like, you son of a bitch. I, like, <laughs> like, oh, I was just, I was going to be distraught. Every time something bad happened, I thought one of these women was going to die. Like, when that old man, when that old alderman, like had the gun at Viola Davis's face I was terrified like uh, I just there was so much stress and then oh there again another part when Daniel Kaluuya's character he he shows up in the van and takes the van with the money out Mm mm-hmm and I'm just like, nah, this can't end this way and and then there's another there's just so many twists that get you Oh my god! But yeah, and then I did appreciate. I did, I kind of like the little nod because the movie starts off with Veronica and whatever his name is, Liam Neeson's character in bed Harry, together. Oh, he was Harry. Oh, Harry. Yes. So they're like laying in bed together and like looking across from each other. And then like so when she shoots him and he dies and he lays there with his eyes open, it's just like they started off back where they were before. Yeah. Like how they're laid, and it's just like it's so much for her to process. It was just like husband's dead her driver is dead like because he was a close family friend i would say like he kind of looked out for them like he's dead like it's just like she's left with no one but it's just like she gets up and she does what she gotta do and she plants that gun on him and she keeps it rolling mm, girl listen to me when i tell you that the snow went crazy the snow went crazy i was like kill the bastard kill the man but yeah but no <laughs> but um but also but we have to also give props to the writer because what the Steve McQueen's co-writer was Jillian mm-hmm. um, Flynn. So she is the she wrote Gone Girl and mm. Sharp Objects. Now, if you watch Sharp, I haven't seen Sharp Objects yet, but Gone Girl was a trip, and this that's and I think that's one of the reasons why the the film is so well written and like especially because it's female characters. Like she mm. she knows how to like really get into the psyche of her female characters, and she like and and of a story and as a whole, like to like she's able to like interweave like different story plots and make them all like interconnect and like work out like I can't think of any because I watched the film twice and like, it's one of those films like where you watch the more you watch it and more things you notice about it and that's partly because mm-hmm. of the direction by Steve McQueen but also because of the writing especially the dialogue and like 
this is one of the few films that I've watched where like I try to like pick apart and I'm like I can't because there's so many things that actually tie into each other and it's so well done and they did an mm-hmm. amazing job writing this film and it's so well written and like as I said it's my top five film of the year it's one of the best female led films in years um, yes. yeah like for, for this year there's some amazing films written by his, uh, featuring f- strong female characters but again these women are vulnerable strong mm-hmm. they're, they're 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 like amazing they're all they're all multifaceted they're yes so complex they all none no one is the um damsel like no one is like no one is just like given like that one trait and they're that thing yeah like no one's the tough one no one's like the the one who is like the quick-witted one like they, they all like bring something to the table yeah whether they know it or not and it's just man it's just such a good movie and this is my standard from now on for female characters like, I can't go back to whatever I had before. I don't know what that was before. Mm-hmm. I, this is my life now. <laughs> so, I just, I, I hope that more people just, I don't know, learn from widows. See how well a woman character can be written. Mm. And, like, and how multiple women can be written in a movie. Yes. And interact together. Yes. <sighs> I think that concludes everything I have to say. Yeah. I could just talk about it all we, day. No, we can honestly go on, but yeah, I know. I think we covered like a lot of ground for this for our last yeah um, regular podcast for the year. Like this, this year has yeah. been amazing. Has had some amazing films. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's it. We like. I can't believe it's the end of the year already. I know it's so. Cause, like we said, this year has been a long yeah, decade. Yeah, because our, our December podcast, like, the, our, like what we would cover for December is going to come out in January, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, we will be back with, well, the regular podcast will be back for y'all in January. So, But for upcoming, we plan on putting out some extra episodes mm-hmm. where we hopefully hope to have some guests where we can talk about, as Carolyn said, like, there's been great things that came out this year. And we kind of want to highlight that and talk about that with other people on the show. And we definitely are going to do our K-Drama Roundtable episode. Because I feel like how many... I've lost track of how many K-Dramas you've suggested on the show. (laughs) But I have watched a bunch of them. And I have one that I'm definitely going to bring to the table. Mm -hmm. So we might be having some guests there too. Mm -hmm. So look out for that in December. And yeah, if you guys have anything you want to include in like the end of the year film review, I don't know what we're going to call it yet, but like you hit us up on Twitter. Let's talk. We'll talk. We'll put out a post and we'll talk about like, oh, what was your top fave movies? Like your top five. I think that's a decent number. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think anything past five gets crazy. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, oh, and one more announcement. So we we're still in the midst of like just trying to get our Patreon together, but we figured it might be best to put together our PayPal because Carolyn and I are in the process of attend of applying to attend a few um, cons that are upcoming. One of them is South by Southwest. Um, hopefully San Diego Comic-Con. If one of us can go, that'd be awesome. Um, but we've put together our PayPal, and that is paypal.me slash pod. If you guys would like to donate or if you like to share that, that's whatever you want to give. If you can give, is greatly appreciated. Because our goal to go with these things is, one, to be the voices of, like, you know, me and Carolyn are both black women. 
And we find that in these times, it's hard to find black women voices in these areas. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it just, you don't get to hear someone speaking for us all the time. Or like, there's, there's so few of us that they can't get to everything. And we would like to help and be there and can make, you know, contribute to that content. Yeah. Yeah. Donate Was if there you can. Else you want to add? Uh, no, I think that's it. Okay. I feel like I've talked enough tonight. <laughs> we both talked a lot. Yeah. Forgive us okay, for going well, over our regular time, but as we said, this is our last regular podcast for the year. We had mm-hmm. a lot to say, so this one is going to be a bit longer than the others, but again yeah you're sorry <laughs> y'all can bear they can bear with us they know how we like to talk and spoil things so it's all good um all right then so we will see y'all in the next year and on the next well you'll see us again on our extra podcast but yeah you get it you'll see us in the next year all right bye y'all. bye guys have a great christmas and happy new year <laughs>